Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. All I can say is... Unbelievable. The Reagan Library on Saturday, first of all, they are magnificent there. John Highbush, Melissa Giller, and all the other folks there. We had thousands of people there. Thousands. I sat there and signed every single book that they had. And it was so nice to meet people. I just want you all to know out in the country, I've done four book signings. I will do no more. And I just want you to know There are patriots everywhere, and there is something stirring out there. And the kindest, nicest people are among conservatives. The kindest, nicest people. Polite, patriotic, just terrific. And we had a magnificent time, magnificent. And we got back at 1 a.m. this morning, and I want to thank everybody very, very much. Now, as you can tell, if you've been listening to other talk radio hosts and been watching TV, since we've been talking about unfreedom of the press for the last three months, not exclusively, but it's relevant to current events and so forth that's been going on here, free speech, freedom of the press, the First Amendment, the Constitution, all these things relate, you can see that you and I are causing a debate in this country, not at a surface level anymore. This is a front of mind, front of mind. I was listening to one talk show host as I was driving today, and the guy was cherry-picking my book. That's okay. He doesn't want to give it credit. I got it. I got it. They all want to pretend they thought this stuff up. It's okay. The point is, we're pushing it out there. You're pushing it out there. And the message is crucially important. Now, I don't just get behind this microphone and talk, and I don't just write books. That's why we had four book signings. Can you think of any other major hosts that have book signings? Not only that, I've been spending more time the past 12 months going to crucially important events with various groups to meet as many of you as possible. Again, I'm out there as an activist, not just a talker, not just a whiner, trying to do everything I can to pump up interest and activism in our cause. And you are responding, most of you anyway, are responding. Unfreedom of the press is what we're facing. And you see it all day long, all weekend long, like the lies that Donald Trump did absolutely nothing to cause the Mexican government to come to the table and say, you know what, we're going to send 6,000 more troops to the South. 
We're going to have we're, we're going to have uh, refugees uh, process their paperwork here. Don't you know it just happened? Trump had nothing to do with it, ladies and gentlemen. His tariff threat had nothing to do with it, nothing whatsoever. So we had to hear that crap all weekend long. The weekend before was the word nasty, that crap all weekend long. Russia collusion year after year as they continue to lie. As they continue to lie. And to attack this president. Now Father's Day is coming up this weekend. I happen to know because I'm a father. And I hope you'll jump in and get a copy of Unfreedom of the Press for your father or your grandfather or your husband. And you need to get it quickly. Because not only are they... I'll tell you what. We were in LAX flying back. There wasn't a single Hudson store at that airport that had a copy. Not one. My wife and mother-in-law were at a major retail outlet today. Major retail outlet. Not Barnes and Noble, not Costco, but a major retail. Didn't have one book. So, oh, we'll be getting it in a week. This is utterly irresponsible. But this is why it's just like with the media. You don't have to wait for people to stock their shelves, or even if they're going to keep boxes in the back, just go get it on the internet anywhere you want to. There's multiple sources for it. Multiple sources for it. And tomorrow comes Jim Acosta's book, and he's already pushed on CBS Sunday. Every competitor I have, Howard Stern, this fool, they give them the network coverage. It's unbelievable. It's okay. We have our own alternative media, don't we? Our own alternative media. Now, I want to get into a number of issues here. Oh, and by the way, Premier Collectibles, I don't know their website, and I really shouldn't give it out anyway. They only have 300 signed copies left. I've kept this kind of hush-hush because people have been buying there anyway. Only 300 left. So they're going to sell out now that I said it because you'll Google it and you'll find it. But the key isn't that I sign the book. The key is that you read what's between the covers of the book. And if you read the comments on Amazon.com, I keep pointing you in that direction. It is stunning that 98% of over 1,000 reviews give it five star. I've never had a book like that, not even Liberty and Tyranny. Could you imagine if all of talk radio got behind this book? Could you imagine if some of the bigger shows and Fox got behind this book? Could you imagine if we had network coverage and all the rest of it? Be amazing. But we don't need it because you're the pamphleteers. You're the Thomas Paine. And I'm telling you that something is stirring out there. It's you. You're stirring out there. I've got a number of things I want to talk about. John Dean's testimony, we'll get to that, but I'll give you my angle on it, not the usual uh, superficial approach you've probably been hearing all day. Uh, And there's other things going on with immigration here that are absolutely outrageous how the fifth column within our own country really does want to destroy their society and this culture. It's really disgusting, absolutely disgusting, uh, what people are doing in our country, uh, in the media, in government, in politics. It's really really grotesque. But before we do that, I want to read you a little piece at National Review, 
which, by the way, hasn't reviewed the book either. But that's all right. National Review. Koch Network willing to back Democrat candidates in 2020. Americans for Prosperity, AFP. The political arm of the billionaire Koch brothers sprawling influence network, which has traditionally confined its support to Republicans, plans to pursue a, quote, bipartisan approach, unquote, when determining which candidates to back in the 2020 election cycle. In a memo distributed to employees Thursday and obtained by CNBC, AFP CEO Emily Seidel announced that the group will evaluate candidates entirely based on their support for its preferred policies without respect to party affiliation. And I happen to think that's very wise to look at candidates based on their positions. But that's not why I'm reading this to you. AFP or AFP Action, the group's super PAC, will be ready to engage contested U.S. Senate, U.S. House, and state-level primary races, including Republican, Democrat, Independent, or otherwise, to support sitting legislators who lead by uniting with others to pass principal policy and get things done, Seidel's memo said. The Koch network, collectively referred to as Stand Together, has struggled to find a political home since President Trump took office. While the group did endorse the bipartisan criminal justice reform package signed last year, it has staunchly opposed the administration's restrictionist immigration preferences, especially its approach to the status of so-called dreamers, as well as the protectionist trade policies that have increasingly captivated the congressional Republicans. Let's just stop right there. So they embrace what is one of the more (laughs) liberal policy objectives of this administration— which is the prison break reform. Okay, I got it. Understand. Moving on. But restrictionist immigration preferences? Since when is supporting existing immigration law that has very liberal standards when people get in line legally to come into the United States? A million a year. Since when is wanting to secure a nation's border to vet the people who come in here to stop them from using our services if they're not here legally. Since when is that a restrictionist immigration preference? Well, we're trying to uphold the rule of law. That's number one. Number two, when all of you folks supported AFP, Americans for Prosperity, as did I, did you know? Did you know that they believed in giving citizenship to millions of people who are here illegally, including DACA. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. This is crazy-ass radical libertarian policy, which marries up with crazy-ass left-wing Bernie Sanders policy. And as for protectionist trade policies, let me say this. I'm a free trader. You all know that. I don't hide my views. But it's different when you're dealing with China. And it's different when you're dealing with Mexico that will not help us secure our border. And now they will, they say. Not because it was happening for three or four months, but because this president put his foot down. If it is the position of the Koch brothers and Americans for Prosperity that we should have massive amnesty If it is the position of the Koch brothers and Americans for Prosperity that China is not an enemy, that they can continue to steal our technology, and therefore we should continue to trade with them like they're Canada, 
then this is very, very important to know because I will never support them and neither should anybody else. If this is their position, this is my position. And you can disagree with this president as I do on a number of issues. I don't favor tariffs against our allies, as a matter of fact. The president knows exactly what I think, but he's elected president. I'm not. But he's also being attacked by the radical Marxist left that does not believe in the Electoral College, that does not believe in securing the border, that is undermining our military, that is undermining law enforcement, that rejects capitalism, that says all debt for college loans should be wiped away, that all college should be free, that there should be a wealth tax, a 70 to 90 percent marginal rate tax. If you can't get it between your ears, what we're up against here, then the hell with you. Bipartisanship. How do you have bipartisanship with Chuck Schumer? How do you have bipartisanship with Nancy Pelosi? 30 so-called moderate Democrats were just elected this time around, weren't they? And what happened? They all voted for Nancy Pelosi to be the speaker. Down the line, they vote with Nancy Pelosi because they're not moderates. They're liars. How do you expect to build a conservative movement back up again? How do you expect to give court principles back to a weak Republican Party led by Mitch McConnell, who's so busy handing out grants in Kentucky, he's not paying attention to the dead in this nation? But they like Mitch McConnell. They like Mitch McConnell. Since when did AFB throw in with the U.S. Chamber of Crony Capitalism? Since when did AFP throw in with Bernie Sanders when it comes to securing the border? Since when do they throw in with Mitch McConnell when it comes to spending? The only thing that stands between the left and us right now is the President of the United States. Not the House, not the Senate Republicans. And sometimes you have to take the bad and the ugly with the good. And there's a lot more good than bad and ugly. And it's unfortunate that the same organization and these same billionaires didn't support Donald Trump in the last election. No, they didn't. They sat it out. You sit it out. And so it needs to be said. While the Democrats are bringing John Dean in front of a judiciary committee. Because there's not a dime's worth of difference between the media and the Democrats. When the Democrats are trying to unconstitutionally remove a president of the United States from office. You're going to go bipartisan? Bipartisan with whom? Tell me. Who in the Democrat leadership? Who among the committee chairmen? The instincts are all wrong. The approach is all wrong. My advice, you decide, millionaires and billionaires, and we, the rest of us alike, who you're going to support. You don't need to funnel your money through the Koch brothers. You don't need to funnel your money through Americans for Prosperity. And I know people who've worked there. My wife worked there once at a fairly senior level. 
Everything was copacetic. Everything's nice. This has nothing to do with that. I speak for myself. But this is appalling. Appalling. Save your money. You decide who you want to donate to. You decide. Trump is that bad, really? Seriously? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound. To help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community helps students form a foundation for the rest of their lives. A truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. I think the Koch brothers and AFP have let down tens of thousands of people over the years who have supported them, as have I. We're not supporting tariffs across the board. The president does from time to time, but that doesn't mean we all do. But we're not going to turn on him and try and sabotage his presidency or see more phony moderate Democrats elected to the House and to the Senate when they all manage to stand in line. And I certainly don't support the Koch brothers' position on immigration. Not in the least. Immigration without without assimilation is destruction. And they're setting up all these PACs, the Economic Opportunity Pact, the Uniting for Free Trade Pact. Let me ask you, where is the whole China's feet to the fire pact for stealing our technology? Or how about this one? How to fight terrorism pact. Where's that one? Or how, how do we secure the border pact? Where's that pact? They don't have those PACs. You know why? They're weak on defense. They're weak on the border. And they're weak on national sovereignty. And I say this as a traditional Reagan conservative movement individual for 45 damn years. I'll be right back. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arne argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness 
and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. I don't enjoy this. I don't enjoy it at all. But you know what? If we have a couple of billionaires who are going to move their resources in a way that you're going to be confronting them, okay, fine. You want war? Then war it is. Now, I would encourage all you thousands and thousands of activists in states who are lined up with AFP to join the Tea Party movement in your state and or to join the Article 5 Convention of States movement in your state. I don't believe the Koch brothers support that either. So we can keep playing games. We can keep playing footsie while the left keeps marching on, bringing their John Deans and everybody else in front of Congress, using their media to advance their radical agenda. But uh, count me out. I didn't need the Koch brothers when I was 13 years old and got involved in politics. I didn't need them in 76 when I backed Reagan, in 80 when I backed Reagan. The past presidential primary when I backed Cruz, and then in the general when I backed Trump. I didn't need them then, and I don't need them now. And neither do you. We'll decide for ourselves who we support. We'll decide for ourselves. And no, I don't support open borders. And no, I don't want prisoners out of prison. And yes, I support a strong military. And yes, I support the cops. Wow, how radical of me. How radical. And for those in my business, whether it's TV broadcasting or radio broadcasting, While you sit there and lament the fact that there aren't enough activists on our side, why don't you come and get some dirt under your nails? Why don't you meet the people? Why don't you talk to the people? Why don't you get involved at the grassroots level like I do? Well, maybe they're just too busy. Yeah, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. We had a great weekend at the Reagan Library. We had a great weekend before at Tyson's Corner, Barnes & Noble. We had a great weekend before that at Bookends and Book Review. Thousands and thousands. You're the ones who invigorate me. You're the ones who motivate me. That's why I go out there to see you and these various functions. I joke about, you know, hiding in my basement. I really don't. I really don't. Well, you know, uh, the Mexicans just decided all on their own, the Mexican government, that is all on its own to, uh, to start securing its port. You believe this crap? All weekend long. And then we get the tough questioners, the unfair and unbalanced questioners. You know, uh, Mr. So-and-so from the uh, Trump administration, you know, even the Mexican government says it, they quote the Mexican government. They quote the Mexican government? So they sent 6,000 more troops to the southern border because that was always in the plans? I don't know. I didn't read that in the New York Times three months ago. Did you? No. 
I saw their anti-Semitic cartoons. That's what I saw. I didn't read that in the New York Times, did you? But it's nice to know that the media in this country now support securing the border in Mexico. That's great. I had no idea. Did you? No, you didn't. None of us did. I'm going to tell you the kind of crap you get from the media in our country. Remember, there's a difference between them and a free press. Here's a piece from a few days ago. And keep in mind, you know, we let all kinds of people write in the New York Times. No, they don't. No, they don't at all. Somebody by the name of Suketu Maida, the author of This Land is Our Land, An Immigrant's Manifesto. An Immigrant's Manifesto? The hell does that mean? When my ancestors came to this country, there was no manifesto. It was embrace the country, embrace liberty, assimilate, learn the language. You're here. You made it to the promised land. An immigrant's manifesto. Is that a joke? Listen to this crap. And who is this guy? Doesn't matter. The New York Times wanted this guy. Assume it's a guy. In the... uh, in its pages. There's a lot of debate these days, he writes, I believe it's a he, I don't know, about whether the United States owes its African-American citizens reparations for slavery. It does. That's first sentence. First sentence. No. He's a liar. He's wrong. The American citizens do not owe reparations for slavery. The Democrat Party owes reparations for slavery. It was the Democrat Party that was the party of slavery. It's the Democrat Party that was part of the Civil War for slavery. It was the Democrat Party that supported segregation. It was the Democrat Party who blocked little black kids from going to school with little white kids. It was the Democrat Party who had white-only and black-only bathrooms and water fountains. Well, my dad left Philadelphia and went to Washington, D.C. when he was a young man. And I've told you this story. And he saw water fountains for blacks and whites. He almost threw up. He couldn't believe it. Why is it that the people who are responsible for slavery, the people who are responsible for segregation, the people who are responsible for Jim Crow, if we're going to play this way about reparations... Why isn't it that they don't pay reparations? And I've said this quite seriously. It is the Democrat Party, if there are reparations to be paid, that owes reparations. Who do you think were on those battlefields? In Gettysburg. In Vicksburg. In Richmond. In Chancellorsville. Murdered by the tens of thousands, or killed by the tens of thousands. Their families should pay reparations? The families of the men who fought in the Civil War should pay reparations? No, I don't think so. The people who are newly into this country should pay reparations? The people who came into this country after slavery should pay reparations? No, I don't think so. The country doesn't owe reparations. The Democrat Party owes reparations. And I am quite serious about this. Because these proposals keep coming from the hard left and the Democrat Party. 
They want to feel good about themselves. They want to distance themselves. No. Anyway, this clown goes on. But there's a far bigger bill that the United States and Europe have run up. What they owe to the other countries for their colonial adventures, for the wars they imposed on them, for the inequality they have built into the world order, for the excess carbon they have dumped into the atmosphere. Now, this is how Marxism works, ladies and gentlemen. This is what goes on in classrooms across this country. This is what goes on in colleges and universities in this country. There's not a damn word in here about how we defeated Hitler and Tojo and Mussolini. Not one damn word about American blood spilled all over the world to defend Muslims, to defend Africans, to defend Asians, to defend ourselves. No discrimination whatsoever. None. We just celebrated the 75th anniversary of D-Day. Almost 10,000 Yanks died on that beach. Hundreds of thousands died in World War II. Hundreds of thousands died in the Civil War. Hundreds of thousands died in World War I. And I could go on and on and on. And they act like it never occurred. Like it never occurred. And they go on about the imperial United States and Europe. I can't speak to Europe. I can't speak to Europe. But it is amazing, isn't it? The refugees out of the third world. The refugees out of the third world don't run back to the third world. They don't run to other third world countries. They run to Europe and the United States. Why is that? Why is that, Mr. or Ms. Sekutu Meta? Why is that? Author of This Land is Our Land, an Immigrant's Manifesto. Why are people from south of the border leaving, leaving south of the border to come to the United States? Why are people from Africa trying to come to the United States? Why are people from the Far East trying to come to the United States? Or even Russia or the Ukraine, you name it. Why is everybody trying to come to the United States? Apparently the planes and the boats and the caravans only go in one direction, into the United States. And yet there's the New York Times. Virtually silent during the Holocaust. There it is. Running some nuts op-ed. Some nuts op-ed. Cory Booker. Stick with me. I know what I'm doing here. Cory Booker. The Daily Wire. Excellent site. Cory Booker suggests spending money on border security like rejecting Jews fleeing Holocaust. Has Cory Booker ever been to one of these death camps? Has he ever seen one of these black and white movies with the piles and piles of dead Jews? Has he ever seen any of these black and white movies where they're separating the children from their mothers and the women from the men, racing them off into the showers? Where they're poisoned to death. Has he ever seen any of these movies? Spending money on border security is like rejecting Jews fleeing the Holocaust? I don't suppose the New York Times will point this out, given their record. Democratic presidential candidate Cory Booker appeared to suggest over the weekend that spending money on border security 
was like rejecting Jewish refugees during the Holocaust. Now, I have to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. What is it with the Democrats? They can't get their message straight. So the people trying to flee these countries is like people trying to flee a Holocaust? I thought these countries were magnificent. Didn't little Dick Durbin, little Dick as we like to call him, Durbin of Illinois, the land of Lincoln and the land of little Dick Durbin, when the president called these third world countries, or many of them, assholes where people are trying to escape, he was attacked as being a racist. How is it that Cory Booker's not a racist? He's talking about these same countries, these same cultures. People are trying to flee these same countries and these same cultures to get to the United States. Trying to build a wall to secure the United States is like rejecting Jewish refugees during the Holocaust. Well, Cory Booker seems to be saying these are asshole countries, or even worse. Do you know how much billions of dollars, this is his language, not mine, we've done, listen to this, do you know how much billions of dollars we've done to increase the numbers of customs and border patrol agents of people involved in immigration? Booker continued by saying that it was important to know history and that President Donald Trump was trying to make people afraid of people coming across the southern border who have brown skin. This is sick. It's the same Democrat Party. They've been obsessed with black and brown skin throughout their history, and they're obsessed with it now. They've been obsessed with racism and defining this country, and they're obsessed with racism and defining this country now. They've been obsessed with nullification back during the Civil War, and they're obsessed with nullification in sanctuary cities today. In so many ways, they haven't changed. They still hate America and all it stands for. There's Cory Booker, a very sick man in my humble opinion. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, and recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit Imprimus.Hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Not to cover today, so we're, we're moving fast. But this audience, unlike most, can keep up because you're brilliant and you're committed. 
Why was John Keane testifying today? I'll get to him next hour. Why was he testifying today? Well, there's a lot of reasons. Number one, they don't have any witnesses to anything. There's no witnesses to any crime. They don't have any witnesses to Russian collusion. Do they? Not one damn witness to Russian collusion. So they couldn't bring that witness up because there is none. Number two, obstruction. There are no witnesses to obstruction because the president didn't obstruct. Well, they want Don Gann. They don't get Don McGahn. It's called separation of powers, whether they like it or not. And Don McGahn, the president said, said what he said, but the president said, that's not what I told him to do. But it doesn't matter if the president did tell him to do it. Because Don McGahn would have to admit, because it's in the damn report, that according to him, the president wanted Mueller removed because he was conflicted, not to obstruct justice. So you have a thousand liberal former federal civil servant prosecutors who say otherwise, who are witnesses to nothing, who have firsthand knowledge to nothing. They are hacks, and they shouldn't, should never have been former, excuse me, federal prosecutors in the first place. And there are tens of thousands of former federal prosecutors who haven't signed any letters. So why are they calling John Dean? Well, we'll get to this next hour. One step at a time. Don't forget, before this hour is up, rush to Amazon.com, get your Father's Day gift on freedom of the press. What else can you get for 15, 16 bucks? Seriously. A tie? It's not even a good tie. Pair of socks? Everybody can get a pair of socks. By the way, you know, from time to time I go through these fast food drive throughs Do you do that, Mr. Producer? It's gotten pretty expensive. You know why? All these minimum wage policies? Obamacare? They never talk about that. People who are on the poor side of the economic scale used to be able to get a couple hamburgers, fries, a soda, something like that for under five bucks. It's very hard to do that now. And you can thank your local government, state government, and the federal government. You've got Obamacare. You've got massive increases in the minimum wage. You've got all kinds of stuff going on now that, makes, that make things more and more expensive. But don't worry. Everybody's worried about securing the border, you see. That'll drive up prices. But not internally, where we drive up prices left and right. It cracks me up to hear the same leftists... Say, so, you know, the, the, the tariffs on Mexico, if we did that, would drive the price up. And by the way, I agree with them on that. Although in this instance, I agree with the president. But that said, are these the same people who want 70 and 90% tax rates? Who want to tax your, your wealth? Yeah, I think they are. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I want you to listen to something. CNN, MSNBC, ABC Montage, many of these former Democrat officials in the Clinton-Obama administrations and elsewhere, put together by Graby and others are pretend journalists like Wolf Blitzer and Brianna Kyler, 
among others, and a few uh, Democrat representatives thrown in because they all sound the same, pushing, locking up Donald Trump. Cut three. Go ahead. He wants to see the president of the United States in prison. It's an extraordinary statement from the Speaker of the House. Do you agree with her? Is that how you see it? Do you want to see the president in prison instead of impeaching him? So what was your reaction when you heard Speaker Pelosi reportedly saying that she wants to see President Trump in prison? But here's the question. Would you like to see President Trump in prison? Do you think President Trump committed crimes that could be prosecuted? He did. Uh, When Nancy Pelosi says she wants to see the president of the United States in prison, is that at all realistic? You know, I I think it could be realistic. No one is above the law, and that includes President Trump. If it determines that we lead to impeachment or if he ends up in jail, so be it. Bob Mueller almost said that he should be in jail. If you become president in 2020, would you want your Justice Department to pursue charges against President Trump? Do you want to see... President Trump in prison. Well, let me press you, uh, Congressman. Do you want to see the president of the United States in jail? More than anything else, um, Wolf, look, the the lizard brain that I have says uh, I hope bad things happen to this man because he has been so destructive. Believe this? Now, turning back to unfreedom of the press. Here's some of what you need to know. Time Managing Editor Rick Stengel moved to the State Department as Undersecretary of State for Public Diplomacy and Public Affairs in the Obama administration. Douglas France, who wrote for the New York Times and the Los Angeles Times, was an Assistant Secretary of State for Public Affairs in the Obama administration. Boston Globe Online Politics Editor Glenn Johnson was a Senior Advisor at the State Department in the Obama administration. Washington Post writer Stephen Barr moved to the Labor Department as Senior Managing Director of the Office of Public uh, Affairs in the Obama Administration. Washington Post Congressional reporter Shala Murray became Vice President Joe Biden's Communications Director and later Senior Advisor to President Obama. Rosa Brooks was a columnist for the Washington, uh, excuse me, for the Los Angeles Times before taking a position as Undersecretary Defense for Policy in the Obama administration. The Washington Post, Desson Thompson, left the paper to serve as a speechwriter for the U.S. Ambassador to Britain in the Obama administration. Roberta Baskin, a one-time CBS News investigative reporter, joined the Department of Health and Human Services as a senior communications advisor in the Obama administration. The Washington Post, Warren Bass, an Outlook section deputy editor, joined then-United Nations Ambassador Susan Rice as Director of Speechwriting and Senior Policy Advisor. Education Week reporter David Hoff moved to the Education Department in the Obama administration. CNN senior political producer Sasha Johnson joined the Department of Transportation and later became Chief of Staff at the FAA in the Obama administration. The Chicago Tribune's Jill Zuckman moved to the Department of Transportation as Communications Director in the Obama administration. Rick Weiss, who had worked for the Washington Post, became Communications Director and Senior Policy Strategist for the White House Office of Science and Technology in the Obama administration. Former CBS and ABC reporter Linda Douglas joined the Obama campaign and was later Communications Director for the White House Office of Health Reform. New York Times reporter Eric Dash moved to the Treasury Department's Public Affairs Office, as did MSNBC producer Anthony Rays 
in the Obama administration. CNN's Anish Roman worked for the Obama campaign and later a speechwriter for President Obama. CNN's national security reporter, you've heard him, Jim Shuto, formerly with ABC News, served as chief of staff to the U.S. ambassador to China, Gary Locke. And San Francisco Chronicle environmental reporter, Kelly Zito, joined the EPA's public affairs office in the Obama administration. Time Magazine Washington Bureau Chief Jay Carney became communications director for Biden and later press secretary for Obama. Now, you'd be hard-pressed to find a similar extensive relationship between numerous major media organizations and recent Republican administrations. There's some, but not like this. Then there are the family ties between the press and the Obama administration. This is all in my book. On June 12, 2013, Washington Post Paul Fari found the following. ABC News President Ben Sherwood is the brother of Elizabeth Sherwood Randall, a top national security advisor to President Obama. His counterpart at CBS, News Division President David Rhodes, is the brother of Benjamin Rhodes, Deputy National Security Advisor for Strategic Communications, the Obama administration. CNN's Deputy Washington Bureau Chief, Virginia Mosley, is married to Tom Nides, formerly Deputy Secretary of State under the Hillary Rodham Clinton Secretary of State when she was Secretary of State in the Obama administration. White House Press Secretary Jay Carney's wife is Claire Shipman, a veteran reporter for ABC. And National Public Radio's White House correspondent Ari Shapiro is married to a lawyer, Michael Godlieb, who joined the White House Counsel's Office in the Obama administration. Vice President Biden's one-time communications director, Shalom Murray, is married to Neil King, one of the Wall Street Journal's top political reporters. And here's some more. MSNBC's Chris Matthews previously worked for, among others, President Jimmy Carter and Democratic House Speaker Tip O'Neill. CNN's Chris Cuomo, of course, is brother to New York's Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo. CNN's Jake Tapper worked for Democratic Congresswoman Marjorie Margolis Mezvinsky and Handgun Control Inc. ABC's Cokie Roberts' father was Hale Boggs, the House Democratic Majority Leader. And, of course, ABC's George Stephanopoulos worked for President Bill Clinton. And there's more. Does this help give you a drift, Mr. Producer? That's just two or three pages out of Unfreedom of the Press. This is why they won't talk about it, but you need to read it. And this is why whatever Trump does is unacceptable. It's unacceptable to these people. We'll get to uh, John Dean. He's sitting there like a uh, flounder on the, uh, on the coast. Don't worry. We'll pick him up in a moment. But Jim Acosta has a book coming out tomorrow. It's called Enemy of the People. And as we post it, because others smarter than I pointed it out, when you look at the binding of the book, the cover of the book, it says Enemy of the People, Jim Acosta. Because Jim Acosta and his publisher were too stupid to understand what's on the binder. But we understand what's on the binder. We know why the president calls Jim Acosta enemy of the people. Because Jim Acosta is a showboat, and Jim Acosta is making it more and more difficult for the American people to know what's going on. Because he pushes his ideology in order to promote himself and make a buck. 
yes, I make money too. But that's not the point. I'm not a reporter. I don't get to do press conferences. I don't get to do all that. No, I have an audience because I've earned an audience. You come and listen to this program. It's called the Mark Levin Show. He goes to a presidential press conference. That's the presidency of Donald Trump. And he uses the occasion to try and score points. Well, then he's not a journalist. Now, he's interviewed because CNN's pushing him in his book and CBS is pushing him in his book. And the, uh, the comedians, the lounge acts, the late night on TV, which really have very little ratings, they're pushing his same crowd that was pushing Howard Stern's book, same crowd that's always pushing the phony books like Michael Wolf. Well, they're at it again. So I want you to listen to a tough question asked by Brian Stelter, who, of course, is a reprobate. Of Jim Acosta, a fellow reprobate. Cut six, go. Do you have any regrets? Do I have any regrets? You know, I I wish uh, at times that the press had been a bit more in solidarity with one another uh, and and standing up to this White House and saying, listen, um, you know, the president can't call us the enemy of the people. We're we're not going to go along with that. And I think we've missed some. I I don't know what that means. We're not going to go along with that. What what are you going to do? You're going to have a sit in? You're going to throw tomatoes? You're not going to go along with that? This is the most hostile press a president has ever faced, even more than Nixon. I've never seen anything like it. And part of the reason is there's more press than there ever has been. But what do you mean you're not going to go along with it? You're actually so stupid, Jim Acosta, and your book is such a fraud. It's a self-serving drama. It's such a, a fraud. Which is one of the reasons, not because of you, but for the American people, I have an entire chapter going through the history of the press. Not all the history, because I'm not writing a history book, but the history of the press. And among other things, I point out what other presidents have done to the media. This president has done nothing. He pulled your ticket for two reasons. Number one, you were disrupting the ability of the other press and the president to communicate with the American people. That's the purpose of a press conference. Number two, CNN had like a half a dozen other people there with press passes. It's not as if CNN is banned or anything like that. But what you'll know, folks, he won't know and he won't care. But what you'll know is that this president has been extremely passive in his treatment of the media. He's constantly available to them. He's constantly speaking to them when he walks out and is going to take the helicopter, going to take his car somewhere. They're constantly screaming questions at him. Obama, he'd have like a press conference once a month. And you get three questions in because he would filibuster and you dare not interrupt him. <clears throat> Better not interrupt him. And if you did, the other press would attack you. We, the American people, we see this. But there's no sedition act like there was under Adams or Wilson where those presidents put journalists in prison or shut down newspapers. This president hasn't issued an order, as Lincoln did, giving power to his secretary of war to shut down newspapers and imprison journalists, which he did. This president hasn't unleashed the IRS against the Washington Post or the New York Times or CNN or any of the rest of them. As FDR did against his newspaper, hostile newspapers that that didn't support his new deal. None of that. You don't have widespread investigations going on of, of reporters for Fox and the New York Times and the AP as you did under Obama. This entire book is a fraud. It is a self-serving fraud. Enemy of the people? We've never faced anything like this, ladies and gentlemen, according to Jim Acosta. 
Who gets rich being bombastic and buffoonish? Does it look to you like the media is somehow not fighting the president? Like somehow they're cowering under their desks? It doesn't look that way to me. Does it look that way to you? This is another manufactured event. His book is a manufactured event. It's not history. He creates the events that he writes about. Go ahead. Here and there to challenge that. I will say one of the things that I'm most grateful for uh, during this experience is how just about every news organization in Washington and here in New York stood behind us here at CNN when they took away my press pass. No, 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 no. So one of the things he's proudest of is himself. I'm telling you, this guy's got a head that is, uh, uh, he's proud of himself that these news organizations circled their wagons around him. Are you surprised, ladies and gentlemen? We talked about it at the time, what a joke this is. That the Democratic Party press and other press organizations that should know better circled the wagon around this guy who was literally disrupting a presidential news conference as if he was a protester. Go ahead. Very important First Amendment case, and I talk about it in the book. Had the, the oh, of the, he talks about it in the book. Gee, that makes me wonder. Do you think he created the event, Mr. Producer, to talk about it in his book? Pretty disgusting. Go ahead. On that uh, case, Brian, it would have sent shockwaves. Ah, shut industry. up, you idiot. Shockwaves. Mr. Drama. Then he's on CBS Sunday Morning. CBS Sunday morning, I'm over here if you want to talk to me. Not because I need you or need your attention. I have more listeners on radio than you have viewers on your Sunday show. But maybe, actually, one of those people who you have who who are assigned to talking to other people, maybe you'll actually learn something. By the way, don't they all talk the same? Monotone, no emotion, how are you, what do you think of this, and that, that. Cut seven, go. There are two basic criticisms of you, for, even from some of your colleagues and certainly from the White House. And one of them is that you grandstand, that you sometimes make the news rather than report on the news. Mm-hmm. Is that a valid criticism? Well, I, I, I know folks are going to say that. I look at it as I'm doing my job. And so stop I- there. You see, he's a narcissist. Massive. No, actually, I look at it as uh, doing my job. And that was actually one of the few good questions. So I want to congratulate them. But no, 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 you don't understand. Something wrong with them. I'm just trying to do my job. That's all. Go ahead. See, this is a very serious, serious moment in our nation's history. And I think to some extent we have been trying to figure out the best way to cover these presidents. It's not a serious, serious moment in American history. You got these massive conglomerates with billions and billions of dollars who buy up these newsrooms like CNN and NBC and MSNBC and CBN. None of them are independent newsrooms anymore. Oh, and they're so worried. So AT&T owns CNN, ladies and gentlemen. It's one of the biggest companies on the face of the earth, and you've made it rich. And they're so afraid... They're afraid at CNN. What they don't understand is they're killing their own ratings. They're losing their own audience because of clowns like this. It's not Trump. It's not the government. It's not some third party or this evil. It's them. They disrespect the audience. They disrespect their profession. They disrespect the news. 
to push their propaganda and their antics. They're spoiled, immature, unsober, brats. That's what they are. And we sent a copy of Unfreedom of the Press to Mr. Costa, but I'm afraid he can't read, let alone write. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Either Acosta or Chip Reed of the New York Times, I think, or CBS, he reveals that he needs protection because of death threats from white supremacists, Klansmen, neo-Nazis. Now, let me tell you a little secret, folks. I need protection, too. At our TV studio, we have a deputy sheriff there, because I get threats from the very same people. I visited when I was at the library before we went there, Ben Shapiro, who's a friend, And uh, at his facility, he has 24-7 protection. You never hear this in the media. We get protection, too. And we get protection because we get threats, too. So it's not just that these guys, these journalist types, are threatened. A lot of us are threatened. It's very dangerous out there. In some ways, it's very scary out there. So when they try and suggest that it's the Trump people, it's not the Trump people. It's the neo-Nazis and the Klansmen. They hate all of us. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? how much we should be eating, and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Making conservatism great again. Dial in now. 877-381-3811. Have you ever asked yourself, just can I li- how can I live a virtuous life? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics, where Aristotle presents a guide for securing such a virtuous life. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, and you watch them at your leisure, you'll learn how to confront the primary obstacles to happiness, make the choices that good character can build. Now, this new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings with you, and it can help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life. 
featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. Now, if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student has done. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Man, I've got so much. I've been grinding my teeth all weekend to get to you folks. All right, let's take a few calls here. Why don't we do that? Lynn, San Jose, California, the great KSFO. Go. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. I just had a couple of comments. One about Jim Acosta. He's such a jackass and so disrespectful to our president. And Pelosi, oh, my God. I just about died when I heard her say that the president should be in jail. Where is their respect? Where is their ethics? It's just so degrading. And being from California, it's insulting. But well, I, say- I think Pelosi has disrespect for all of us. She has disrespect for the Constitution, the rule of law. And as much as she tries to dress herself in it, we must reject it. We oh. must call them out. I just want to thank you for inspiring all of us to stand up for what we believe in. Well, you're a sweetheart. Thank you, Lynn. I appreciate it. Let us go to John, San Bernardino, California, the great 870, the answer, K-R-L-A. Go. Hey, Mark. It was so great to see you yesterday. We were so, oh, my wife and I were so excited to meet you. You know, she finally got to meet and she Wasn't that hand. great? It was an yeah, hour. That was that was outstanding. Wow. And the people are just they're fantastic people that are there. They're and you came like, in your uniforms I see here, right? <laughs> yes, sir. You were terrific. Yes, Both sir. We we did that in honor of you who is in my opinion the greatest living patriot on the face of the planet and my wife agrees and uh you know, since she started listening to you um, all, all, all of the stuff that she learned from you, it's just, it's just un- unbelievable. Well, I want to thank you, John. And, and you can back me up. Was that not an unbelievable event and a wonderful oh, patriotic it crowd? It was outrageous, you know, and, yep. and all of the things that happened. You know, we, we weren't able to get tickets, but at the last minute, you know, they said, hey, they got a couple left. And then when we went down to eat, uh, you were sitting to our back right behind us. <laughs> well. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got there. It was an honor to meet you, an honor to meet all those other folks. And God bless you. You take care of yourself. I'm telling you, folks, I wish all of you could have been there. It would have been outstanding, and you would see. And you would see. Well, I want to finish with this Jim Acosta. I know it's a downer, but this is what we're in for. So let's start again at cut seven, Mr. Producer, at the top. Go ahead. There are two basic criticisms of you, even from some of your colleagues and certainly from the White House. And one of them is that you grandstand, that you sometimes make the news rather than report on the news. Is that a valid criticism? Well, I I know folks are going to say that. I look at it as I'm doing my job. And I I see this as a very serious, serious moment in our nation's history. You know, he's not only an egomaniac. Okay. He's not only an egomaniac. He's a dumb guy. Dumb guy. Go ahead. Trying to figure out the best way to cover this president. And do you think you've found the best way to cover him? I think I front him. I think I found the best. I think I found the best way for me. But his way. Hold on. But that's all that matters. It's the best way for Jim Acosta. Does that sound like a serious newsman to you folks? 
And I want you to know, he's not alone. Newsrooms are filled with immature individuals like this who believe this is all about them. And when you read on freedom of the press, there's a particular part there, the Borstein part. Professor Borstein, University of Chicago, later head of the Library of Congress, talks about guys like this. In 1961, he predicts it. He talks about guys like this. Pseudo-events create pseudo-reporters. Jim Acosta is a pseudo-reporter. Listen to him. Has he ever said, or in any of these clips, look, I'm there to try and determine what the facts are, what the news is, and to relay it to the American people. No. Because he's not doing that. And moreover, when he confronted the president, they talk about this was very critical to the First Amendment. He didn't even know what he was talking about, or he flat out lied. Those caravans coming, Mr. President, you know, they're, they're not really, you know, you demonize them. We don't have a, a crisis on the border. He should have been fired. He hadn't been to the border at that point. And obviously, we have a catastrophe on the border. They missed it. Actually, they didn't miss it. They covered it up. Just like the New York Times covered up history. Just like many of these newspapers cover up history. They didn't want you to see it. Go ahead. Only brought attention to himself, but to his network. And so they go on there to show that there were threats against CNN, which there were. But what does that have to do with Trump and his supporters? Absolutely nothing. CNN puts this guy out there. This guy decides how he's going to conduct himself. There are all kinds of nuts out in the world. As I say, I get threats. Others get threats. He's not the only one. It doesn't make it good. They're terrible. But the point is, it's his conduct that draws attention to himself. It's the president's supposed to do. He's the president of the United States. It's called a presidential press conference, not Jim Acosta's press conference and not CNN's press conference. So this isn't a man who stands on the shoulders of the Patriot Press. This isn't a man who's promoting freedom of the press. This is a man who's promoting himself and an agenda. Let's go to Bill, Quincy, Illinois. How are you listening to us, sir? Hello, Mark. Thanks for carrying the fight for us every day. Well, thank you. How are you listening to the program? I don't see it on the screen. Uh, I'm listening on the radio, on the car radio. Yeah, what station? It's 9.30 in Quincy. We want to give everybody their, their due, you know, call out. Go right ahead. Yes. Uh, my point was I was listening to your cuts of Acosta, and one cut he was talking about, he didn't feel that the press was kind of working together, fighting for him. And then the very next cut, he was proud that the press was helping him. So which is it? <laughs> he caught him. Good for you. I'll tell you what, I'm going to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. If you already have a copy, keep the signed one and give the other one away, because I really want to push this out as our new pamphlet. So thank you, Bill. Do not hang up. That's the great WTAD in Quincy, Illinois. Raj, Vienna, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Mark, what a privilege. What an honor it is. For me to have this opportunity speaking with you, I've long sought it, and I must summon all my resources now to emphasize to you how grateful I am to God for your 
ministry, huh. your depth of scholarship, the disciplines, the strength of character, and the honor you brought to the principles of liberty in our Constitution, and even to the President. But most of all, I've also admired your dear father and mother. Mm. And I wasn't able to express my condolences, my gratitude to God for their gracious and wonderful lives, their commitment. But then what impresses me most is how you have honored them. Well, you're very, very kind, Raj, and I appreciate that. And God bless you, my friend. And I, you know, folks, as, as I've told you, the favorite part of my book, actually the way I should put it is the most important part of my book, at least to me, is the dedication. And you can read that on your own uh, up front, which is where it belongs before we even get to the table of contents. So that's how I feel about that. But I want to thank you all. And uh, you're very, very kind. Let's uh, continue here. Let me see. I'm going to get to John Dean. Trust me on this. Nobody can deal with John Dean better than I. That's a fact. Carol, Yonkers, New York. How are you? Hello. How are you, Mr. Levin? Um, It's an honor to talk to you. Well, thank you. The great WABC. Let's get those call letters up there, guys. Go ahead. I'd like to give my condolences to you regarding your parents. They were great parents because they they raised a great son. The reason for my call is I'm a little nervous. I'm not educated like you. I just you don't need to be nervous, and you are educated. You're smart between your ears. I've been listening to you for quite a long time, and Richie, your producer, is a wonderful man. My first thing is I purchased two books for my son-in-laws. One lives here in, in, in New York, and the other one out in Los Angeles. The one over here read your book, and the other, he read your book, and he calls up, and he said, Ma, I have to tell you, that book... I read it in a day. It's an eye-opener. I said, Thank I'm you. so happy. He says, this man is wonderful. So I'm going to listen to him every night. I said, oh, you can get the Mark Levin show. You can get this, that. Well, whatever. The one in California. Uh-oh, the one in California. Oh, yeah, Los Angeles. Super liberal. He called me up and he said, I just want to tell you one thing, Ma. He said, that book was an awakening. Really? Said, Everything changed. He said, it was an awakening. It's a wonderful book. So... My husband's a veteran, and Rich had sent my husband a book, but I wasn't going to give it to him. I was giving it to him for Father's Day. So he got so crazy with me, and he says, I have to read the book because you send it to the son-in-laws, and I want to read it too, this and that. So I gave him the book tonight, and he was so gracious. But you see, Mr. Levin, God bless you because the word is out there. The word is out there. Your book is out there. And don't let anybody believe or tell you that their book is better than yours. Because, (laughs) like I said, I have this son-in-law out there. And it's just, I was just so proud that he made me cry when he said to me, it was awakening. He said it it, it was just, he, it was fantastic. Well, Carol, I want to thank you. You're very, very kind. And you are the female equivalent of a Thomas Paine. I'm serious about this. And God bless you, Carol. Just know there's millions and millions of people like you out there, and you take care of yourself. Yep, I'm getting a lot of comments like this, not about me, that was very, very sweeter, but about this book. And I knew when I finished this book, I knew when I finished this book, it was akin to liberty and tyranny. I knew it. It's like an author gives birth to these books. They put everything into them they possibly can. 
It's not a cut and paste job. I also knew that when the media wasn't sure how to treat this, either to ignore it or to personally attack me, that I was on to something. They're not going to read this book, so they won't learn anything because they don't want to reform themselves. They're not circumspect. They are, as I say, ideologues. But if you truly want to understand what we're up against and you truly want to participate in this debate and trigger this debate in your own communities and homes and so forth, I'm telling you, this is the pamphlet. It's a book, but this is the modern-day pamphlet. I mean it. I want to thank the people at Amazon, by the way. Say what you will. They have stocked up this book from day one. They haven't missed a beat. They get you the book the next day, depending on when you order. You got Father's Day coming up, and it's still 40% off, and it's been 40% off. And I want to thank all those retailers that are stocked up, some better than others. We get the messages, but I want to thank them, too. Uh, they, they've been absolutely outstanding. And so I want to encourage you with Father's Day coming, and it's here very, very soon. Don't wait. And if your father is a patriot or your husband or your son, they're going to want to read this book. Trust me. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. You know, this Father's Day, why don't you give Dad a gift packed with the Omaha steaks he craves? Go to omahasteaks.com, enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, in the search bar, and you're going to get something that's fantastic. 74% off the Father's Day Steak Fix gift package. That's a $235 value. They're only $59.99. Now, what's in this package? Two tender filet mignons. Two bold top sirloins, two savory pork chops. Mm-mm. Hear me salivating? Four Omaha steak burgers, four massive gourmet jumbo franks, four crispy chicken fried steaks, all beef meatballs, four premium chicken breasts, four caramel apple tartlets for dessert, a packet of Omaha steak signature seasoning, and you'll get four extra Omaha steak burgers free. Now, Giving this amazing package as a gift for dad or stock up for incredible summer grilling, only it's, it's 74% off, $59.99, a $235 value. Again, order now. You can get this exclusive Omaha Steaks 
Father's Day Steak Fix Package. It's a value of $235, just $59.99. Just go to omahasteaks.com. Make sure you type in my last name in the search bar. Code, that's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, so you can get this special deal. Don't wait because the offer ends soon because Father's Day is almost here, and they're not going to offer this beyond much of the next few days. That's omahasteaks.com. Type in code LEVIN in the search bar. That's L-E-V-I-N. Man, I'm giving you great gifts, aren't I, for Father's Day? Omaha Steaks. The book. There's a lot of cool stuff. A lot of cool stuff. All right. We're going to deal with John Dean next hour. Trust me on this, folks. Let's go to... Let me see here. Wow. There's, everybody wants to talk about the book. Let us go to Keith, Des Moines, Iowa, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Keith? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Uh, well, I was going to say, I went to your event Saturday. I was one of the last ones there with my daughter. I don't know if you remember. but uh, Well, tell me we, about you. I'll remember. Um, we were like the last four people to show up. Cause well, then we spent, I remember. Yes. We spent seven hours at the O'Hare Airport. We got uh, done with your event and flew home so we can get back to the fields here in Iowa. So I just want to tell you that it was a great event. And also about your book and the unfreedom of the press, it's contagious what goes on, even in these small-town newspapers. It's really contagious. They see what goes on, and they learn from it, and they treat. I'm on the school board here, mm-hmm. and they they treat us un, unruly. They're just out of control, and I just wanted to let you know that, that it's filtering down. It's kind of scary. First of all, it's incredible that you did this, that you flew in from Iowa, went to the Reagan Library, and I told them, I'm going to sit here till every book is signed. And you guys ran in near the end, as I recall. Yeah, and uh, just got there. I was more than happy to do it. And uh, I, I want to thank you. That's a real honor. You. All right, my friend, God bless you. I'm telling you, folks, all over the country, that something is stirring. And you and I are going to continue to help stir it. We're going to put the word out because the battle is not just between Republicans and Democrats and Trump against Democrats and Republicans. It is us against the radical Democrats, the Romney Republicans, and I hate to say it, but the modern mass media who do not represent freedom of the press. I'll be back. You're not going to want to miss the last hour. We'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. 
now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. Well, John Dean, this should tell you how unserious and fabricated this pre-impeachment impeachment stuff is. They don't have any serious witnesses to any crime. They don't have any serious witnesses to any crime, and neither did Bob Mueller. This whole thing is a fraud. This whole thing is a fraud. Here's John Dean at the hearing today. Now, John Dean lost his law license and went to prison for three or four months, as I recall, for obstructing justice. Why is he a paid commentator at CNN? Why? That's a rhetorical question. We know why. He doesn't bring any sense or objectivity, any newsworthiness. He is a, in himself, a a manufactured event, a pseudo event. And that's exactly what took place at the hearings today. They're trying to create the impression that this is Watergate. It's not Watergate. And let me make this comment for all the left wing goons and, and mobsters out there and their little websites. Richard Nixon should never have been threatened with impeachment either. Why? Because Lyndon Johnson wasn't. And he was a crook. And he abused his office. And he abused the IRS, the FBI, and the CIA. So if Richard Nixon was going to face impeachment, how come Lyndon Johnson didn't? Or for that matter, Franklin Roosevelt, who used the IRS against newspapers, and against his political opponents. How come he didn't face impeachment? So let's stop playing games here. Anyway, here's John Dean in part. Cut 12 at the hearing today. Go ahead. The last time I appeared before your committee was July 11, 1974. Wow. How impressive. How impressive. Very dramatic. You know, ladies and dramas. It's so, oh my God, there's John Dean. Isn't he the clown on TV? Yes, he is. Isn't he the clown who lost his law? Like, yes, he is. Is this the clown who pled guilty to obstruction? Yes. Isn't this the clown who went to federal prison for. Yes, he is. Oh, let's hear. By, by all means, let's hear what he has to say. Go ahead. During the impeachment inquiry of Richard Nixon. Clearly, I'm not here today as a fact witness. No, you're not. So what the hell are you doing there? You're not there as a fact witness. Go ahead. I accepted the invitation to come here today because I hope I can give a little historical perspective on the Mueller report. You really can't. You can't. We can all read the Mueller report. We all know what it says. We all know what that clown was up to and the the other clowns that he had on his staff. We don't need a CNN left-wing kook, disbarred, previous felon to tell us what the historical perspective is. But Gerald Nadler thought this was so important. This is the first witness he called, ladies and gentlemen. This was the first witness he called. 
If he wanted to call somebody who could really contribute to the debate, he would call somebody who was a victim of Soviet-style justice, quote-unquote. So that victim of Soviet-style justice could explain the similarities between Nadler and the Stalinists who had their own show trials. Now that would be worthwhile. That would be history. But no, instead we get this puke. Go ahead. In many ways, the Mueller report is to President Trump what the so-called Watergate roadmap, officially titled the Grand Jury Report and Recommendation Concerning Transmission of Evidence to the House of Representatives, was to President Richard Nixon. No, 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 it wasn't. No, it isn't. No, it wasn't, and no, it isn't. Donald Trump didn't commit any crimes. If Mueller thought he committed obstruction of justice, Mueller could have sent a note or some other form of communication to the Attorney General and say, please reconsider those memos that are almost half a century old and the Department of Justice's official position that you can't indict a sitting president. Unlike one of my friends who goes on TV and says he should have indicted and then the Attorney General could reverse course. That's not what the memos say and that's not the policy of the Department of Justice. You cannot indict a sitting president. That's the policy. And he is, quote-unquote, an inferior employee, and he needs to follow the rules. That's the rule. But having said that, he made no effort, none whatsoever, to push an indictment. None whatsoever. And so these guys are doing it for him. And remember, he's just a prosecutor. That's all he is, Mueller. He's not a judge, not a jury. He's not Solomon. He's not Moses. He's just a prosecutor who gave an opinion and a very convoluted one at that. And his own conduct in abusing the reporting authority and the leakings coming and the leaks coming out of his organization raised many, many questions. Go ahead. State a little differently. Special Counsel Mueller has provided this committee with a roadmap. You're such a schmo. You really are pathetic. You really, no wonder Nixon couldn't stand your guts. Cut 13, go. Mr. Mueller addresses the question of whether President Trump dangled pardons or offered favorable treatment to Michael Cohn, Paul Manafort. I, I don't understand this line of uh, mumbling. He gave Michael Cohen nothing. He gave Paul Manafort nothing. And he can still... Pardon Paul Manafort if he chooses. He gave Roger Stone nothing, and he could do the same with him. Notice the real abuses of power he doesn't talk about. Like the manner in which Manafort and Stone were apprehended. No discussion about that whatsoever. The manner in which Mueller was appointed in violation of the department regulation. Not, Not a word. Or the nature of the team he put together. Not a word. This guy's a puppet, and the puppet master's the chairman, Nadler. That's all. It's a mouthpiece. Go ahead. Michael Cohn uh, and Roger Stone, whose name is actually redacted, but based on educated conjecture, I think that's pretty clear who it is. And the question is whether in return for their pardons, they agreed to... They weren't pardoned, you idiot. In return for their pardons? 
This is a seriously uh, unhinged gentleman. Well, more man than gentle. Go ahead. Of a pardon. Uh, he was seeking them to keep their si- silence and how they coordinated with investigators. This is all imagination. This is all nothing. It's nonsensical. Go ahead. But also the Mueller report offers a very powerful legal analysis that notwithstanding the fact that the pardon power is one of the most unrestricted presidential powers, it cannot be used for improper purposes. Well, what does that mean, improper purposes? What does that mean? That John Dean gets to decide or that Mr. Mueller gets to? Mr. Mueller's a nobody. He's a nothing. He was appointed special counsel. Big deal. He doesn't get to make the decisions of the president. He wasn't elected to office. It's not his job. Who cares what he thinks? And where is this coming from? It's just they're going to throw this on to another bill of particulars when it comes to a potential impeachment? Their imagination running away with themselves? Go ahead. And I give the sight of that argument. What's interesting is Richard Nixon, who used the pardon in a similar way, recognized that it was improper. So here's this guy who believes he speaks for Richard Nixon now. Who was involved in cover-ups and obstruction. And frankly involved in taking down his boss. Who violated every major professional code that is imposed on an attorney. And the attorney-client relationship. He's despicable. And yet CNN hires him. Pays him. He's one of the reasons why attorneys have these continuing legal education courses. He is. He thinks he has a historic role of some kind to play in this matter when he has no role whatsoever. It's, it's embarrassing. Like I said, if we really wanted some insight into what's going on today, we would have one of Stalin's former prosecutors explaining to us how they would treat innocent people. How they would use the media, like our media. How they would use the criminal justice system, like Mueller. And then how they would have these, these public show trials, like Nadler. But Nadler's not going to call anybody like that. Instead, they, they, they bring in this, this guy, this sleazeball. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. bigger than just calling a ridiculous witness by a serious committee or what's supposed to be a serious committee. This is a reflection on Nadler and the Democrats. What they are doing here is about the media and drama. What they're doing here is to try and create images and impressions. This is all psychobabble. This is all intended to change the psychology of the American people toward their president. What I'm trying to say is it is more nefarious than just impeachment. It is more nefarious than just impeachment. They're trying to create a caricature here. They're trying to create uh, an illusion, if you will, about Donald Trump and his presidency. That's why this guy was called. But they're so foolish. 
Half the country has no idea what Watergate was. Half the country knows nothing about Richard Nixon. And they really think you're stupid. The problem the Democrats are having and are going to have is they think the whole country is as moronic and buffoonish as the Democrat Party base. No. The vast majority of the country's smarter than the Democrat Party base. Smarter. Let me go further in what I'm trying to get at here. Again, I've written extensively in the book about the effort to paint Donald Trump as mentally unstable and unhinged, which they tried to do to Barry Goldwater as well. Well, they're at it again. This is dated June 5, but I finally got to get to it in the Washington Examiner by Kimberly Leonard. Democrats are planning to host a Capitol Hill event featuring psychiatrists who will warn that President Trump is unfit for office based on his mental health. The event will be led by Dr. Bandy Lee. So they're making a second run at this. Yale School of Medicine psychiatrist, editor of The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump, a book that argues psychiatrists have a responsibility to warn the public when a president is dangerous. Lee and others who agree with her stance say that their description of the president's behavior of his showing mental instability and dangerousness should be interpreted as issuing a diagnosis. The president's condition has been visibly deteriorating to the point where there's a lot of talk right now about his mental state beyond mental health professionals, Lee said. It no longer takes a mental health professional to recognize the seriousness of the current presidency. So this is very, very dangerous stuff, very outrageous stuff. And so they're making another run at this. So when you, you, you've got to think, and, and again, one of the reasons for this book is we're in very, not just bizarre, but dangerous times when it comes to how they're trying to manipulate us, how they're trying to position themselves vis-a-vis us, and we really need to unravel that sort of stuff. And so this, this idea that the president is mentally ill, they've already tried it. They're circling back on it with the same woman and the same people, which is one of the reasons I take the time to really break this out. She was promoted by CNN, much like Avenatti was, Stormy Daniels, um, uh, and others who make these allegations without any pushback whatsoever or any significant you know, substantive pushback. So they bring John Dean up there to try and portray the, this situation as Watergate, to try and suggest he's committed crimes, to try and create images of the Watergate hearings, the seriousness of the Watergate hearings, to try and soften up the public so they can move on impeachment That's why John Dean was there today, to create an impression. It's a pseudo-event. It's completely fake. And they're doing this on all fronts. So they bring this Professor Lee back, her book, her colleagues, absolutely outrageous, utterly unprofessional, like the people in the media who are promoting her and them. They just want to tear down the support he has. You know... Many of you are strong supporters of Trump, but there are people who voted for Trump who are not strong supporters. And they're the ones the Democrats and the media are trying to get to. They're the ones. 
And so they're trying to push down his, your favorable view of his, or their favorable, uh, other people's favorable view of him. And this is the technique they're using. These are Alinsky tactics. Honestly, they're old Soviet tactics. And if we truly had a free media, a free press, they wouldn't be participating in this. They'd be helping to expose it. But we don't. They're participants in this. Because the Praetorian Guards for the left, which means the Democrat Party, the more radical the Democrat Party becomes, the more the media cling to them, and vice versa. They're now out-of-the-closet ideologues. It's one of the reasons. I had an interview with the Democrat and pollster Mark Penn on Life, Liberty, and Levin, and he's a true centrist, and he's one of the few. And he sees this, and this is one of the reasons he has said, no, I can't participate in this. And he defends the president, not all his policies, but he defends the president. He rejects the attacks on the Constitution. He rejects this phony impeachment effort as a Democrat. You can't even see that on these news programs on CNN and MSNBC. You can't see this in the New York Times or the Washington Post. They're the points of the spear when it comes to attacking this president. And so when he tweets out, they call it a tweet storm. Notice they never say there's a media storm of attacks on the president. No, no. Think about it. He's one man, one person, firing back on Twitter. They are massive news organizations with billion-dollar conglomerates behind them, scores and scores of staff, who are coming at him, and he tweets, and we're supposed to be upset with him. With him. It's appalling, really. This whole thing is appalling. And now Nadler, Nadler thinks he gets to dictate how the executive branch behaves when it comes to documents and so forth. I understand that the Justice Department has agreed to give him more documents underlying the... Uh, Mueller report. I just hope they stand firm and don't give him too much and take him down to the mat because I think they'll pin his his soldiers to the mat, his, so, his shoulders to the mat. We'll be right back. Right versus left is... Right versus wrong. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. You know, one of the most gutsy members of the House is Republican Matt Gates. He really is terrific. You're not going to want to miss what he had to say to and about John Dean in just a second. But first, if you've been paying attention to the news, and I know you have, you know that these progressive tech companies like Google and Facebook, are trying to silence conservative voices. The New York Times has no problem with it. They did a whole front page spread on this yesterday, and they accused basically all conservative voices of being Klansmen or alt-right or what have you. That's what the New York Times does. But just last Thursday, Stephen Crowder joined the program, and he told you that YouTube had removed his ability to monetize his very popular conservative channel. So they want to break him. They want to break him. They did the same to thousands of other voices as well. So the Democrats have no problem. No problem with this whatsoever, because I don't hear them complaining. The New York Times has no problem with this. I don't hear them complaining. But we don't have that problem at Levin TV and the Blaze TV network. 
because we're not dependent on these progressive tech giants for anything. Levin TV is the network that you've built, and your support is more important to us now than ever. And if you haven't subscribed to Levin TV, like so many of the people came to these book signings, really enjoying it, please consider doing so tonight. Visit get.blazetv.com slash Levin. It's a long one. G-E-T, get.blazetv.com slash L-E-V-I-N to sign up. Now, here's the thing. If you enter promo code free speech, one word, not two, free speech, you'll get $30 off your annual subscription. So rather than 69 bucks, excuse me, rather than 99 bucks, it'll be 69 bucks. So that's a big cut. So it won't last very long. Visit get.blazetv.com backslash Levin to sign up and enter promo code free speech, one word, to get $30 off your annual subscription. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send this very statement I've made to Mr. Producer, and we'll post it on our social sites right now. What do you think of that, Rich? I want all of you to take advantage of this because this doesn't happen that often, this kind of a cut. And I want Levinites from all over the country, all over the world, to get in on this because it is a huge discount from $99 to $69. It's a huge discount for us. Let me put it that way. Representative Matt Gates, Republican Florida, we salute you at the hearing today with John Dean. Cut 15, go. Mr. Dean, how many American presidents have you accused of being Richard Nixon? <laughs> I actually wrote a book about Mr. Bush and Mr. Cheney with the title Worse Than Watergate. So, 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 it, so it's, it's sort of become a cottage. Did you make money on that book? It was a very successful book, How much yes. money did you make on it? I'm sorry, I don't have any idea. More than a million bucks? No. More than half a million bucks? <laughs> I said I don't have any idea. How much money do you make from CNN? I... I, I I don't really know exactly. I, I think I'm going to object to the... To, to whoa, 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 wait a minute. You want the president's tax returns. You want his family's tax returns. You want the president's bank accounts. You want the president's finances with his accountants. Going back 10 years. And this congressman asks a witness how much he makes. A witness the chairman called. And I was like, ah, yeah, we don't want to get into that. And I really do. We do. We don't want to get into that. Only, uh, only Trump. We want to know all about Trump. We don't want to know about John. I mean, really. Come on. Uh, really? Go ahead. Wait a second. Wait a second. Mr. Dean has made a cottage industry out of accusing presidents of acting like Richard Nixon. I would like to know how much money he makes based on making these accusations and exploiting them for his own economic can, benefit. Uh, and Mr. You're you know, Mr. Gates, uh, 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 Mr. Gates, I appreciate you were uh, not born at the time this all happened. So what? So what? I wasn't born during the Revolutionary War, the Civil War. I still know a lot about them. And you weren't either, you jerk. Go ahead. Um, the, it's not by choice that I've done a lot of this. It's that I've been dragged into it. Who forced oh. you, who forced you to uh, accuse George W. Bush of being Richard Nixon? Who forced me to? It was right after I had spent 10 years in a lawsuit knocking down false statements uh, about what my role had and hadn't been. Well, let's speak now to the truth or falsity of statements. 
Uh, do you have personal knowledge regarding the truth or falsity of a single material fact in the Mueller report? I, I think if you recall the first thing I said, I'm not here as a fact witness. You're here to provide historical context. Exactly. And throughout history, you accuse presidents of acting like Richard Nixon, and you make money off of it, right? Not all presidents, no. Well, but a few more Those than one. Those who do act like him, I pointed out. <laughs> you won't see that properly headlined over there at Mediaite, which is a propaganda mill. Uh, for the left and the Democrat Party against the Trump presidency, day in and day out with their phony National Enquirer-type headlines where they basically uh, cherry-pick not anything they produce but what's in the other media outlets, and then they give them headlines to try and trash the president and build up the left. And what would you expect from Dan Abrams, who's a leftist, a Democrat, who pretends he's otherwise, who's a legal analyst over there at NBC News? Has his own podcast, don't you know? And founded something called Mediaite. And so they won't put a proper headline on something like that. But Gates just destroyed John Dean. John Dean just destroyed him. Easy to do, actually. I had a, a centrist Democrat on Life, Liberty, and Levin last night. Which is very rare. You know, it's like an albino tiger. And uh, Mr. Penn, Mark Penn, is not only a very nice man, having met him now. He's very experienced, very sharp. He's been in this business, that is, politics and the media, 40 years. 40 years. Here, just listen to a little of this. Compared to, say, John Dean, ex-felon, no law degree, CNN... All you ex-felons and all you disbarred lawyers out there, you have a future as a commentator on CNN. I just thought you'd want to know. And all you uh, racist types and uh, rabble-rouser types, you have a future on MSNBC. Just ask Big Al. Mark Penn on Life, Liberty, and Levin yesterday. Cut 10. Go. And yet, Nancy Pelosi and Gerald Nadler and Adam Schiff and so forth, they say they're defending the Constitution. They say it is their constitutional duty to issue scores and scores of subpoenas about private information on the president, on his family, his tax returns, his banks, bank accounts, and so forth and so on. Do they have a duty to issue subpoenas and demand this kind of information? I think the duty would have been to look at the Mueller report, understand that Russia collusion was not found, that finding obstruction of something that wasn't obstructed is ludicrous and to move on to get on to infrastructure to get on health care get on the issues they care about and and i think that they were caught between the politics of the democratic party that they helped create moving voters in a frenzy along with certain members of the press as though the russia collusion was real when it was ludicrous from day one do you think the democrat party as an entity and uh, the media as an entity have created such a, a, a emotional, fiery base that they can't even control what they created at this point? Well, they created a base built on a fundamental mistruth here that started with Christopher Steele and the GPS fusion dossier that, was, that created a huge echo chamber. They went everywhere. 
They went to Democrats. They went to Reed. They went to the CIA. They went to the FBI. They went to foreign uh, you know, intelligence operations. They went to the State Department. It all came in as though it was real. And then that created a frenzy within our FBI and our own And then that created a frenzy within the public. It's the biggest lie that I've ever seen perpetrated on the American public, and it's whipped everyone up. I would have liked to have seen our politicians at the end of the day after the Mueller report came out get together and say, hey, we thought maybe there was something there, but there wasn't, and they didn't. So this is Mark Penn, Democrat, pollster, consultant to Bill Clinton as president for six or seven years, a pollster in his campaigns, consultant pollster for Hillary Clinton when she ran for the Senate in 2008. Uh, so he's not a Republican, but he's a centrist. He calls himself a centrist, and you can hear. This is the kind of person Gerald Nadler would never call for a historical perspective. Never. Because he goes against the narrative. Remember, this is about the narrative, creating images, creating uh, manufactured issues, and Mark Penn doesn't do that. The Nadler hearings are basically a bad Hollywood production. It's like the gong show. It's the gong show of TV. More Mark Penn on Life, Liberty, and Levin last night. Cut 11, go. Let me ask you a little bit more about the Democrat Party. As a lifelong Democrat and an activist and an advisor, there are elements of the Democrat Party that are really concerning me right now. Sort of an anti-Semitism wing of the Democrat Party. We've heard Omar, we've heard Talib among others. And the Democrat Party doesn't seem to know what to do about it. They passed a resolution some time ago that was very broad. They didn't name the particular culprit who had said a number of anti-Semitic things. Do you think this is a growing problem for the Democrat Party and a growing problem in the country? It, it is a definite problem. I'd like to see the party more in the center because its voters are more in the center. I think that the activist wing right now has had enormous visibility out there. Uh, and I think you take a look at, at what happened with the resolution on anti-Semitism. That should have been a resolution about anti-Semitism. Why couldn't our party, after the comments that were made by Representative Omar, pass a simple resolution against anti-Semitism? Why couldn't they? Because of too many forces trying to make a compromise and didn't want to make a strong statement. Right. Very easy to call everybody else anti-Semitic. But how about getting behind a resolution that, that condemns anti-Semitism by itself clearly and, and without condemning every kind of bias? I, I think that was wrong. Do you, do you think? See, my concern is this is a growing problem. Uh, and that if it's tolerated or if it's if it's uh, sort of smothered in general statements, uh, it's going to get worse. And uh, I'm quite concerned uh, that the House of Representatives didn't handle this properly. And I also think the media is partly responsible for this. They have a high tolerance for it as well. Uh, and in fact, they keep promoting these people. We wouldn't know about Omar if the media weren't promoting her. We wouldn't know about Talib if the media weren't rep uh, promoting her. We wouldn't know about AOC if the media weren't promoting her. Why are they promoting them? These are backbenchers who know very little. Well, in fact, Omar is on the Foreign Affairs Committee of the House of Representatives. And, and I think the, the Speaker had an option whether or not to, to take her off that committee, whether to assign her that committee 
uh, in the first place. And I, and I think she made a statement that, that she's one of the emerging leaders. I think in the long run it won't happen. You know, the Democratic Party writes itself. The Republican Party has had a lot of breakouts of, of extreme wings, too. And it typically has also, most of the time, righted itself. Most of all, politics writes itself. We have an American public that's in the center with growing extremes in politics. And that's what's holding our country up from progress. Democratic Party, I think, will fix itself over time. Over time, maybe. In time, I don't know. He was a terrific guest, which is exactly why you'll never see him testify or see him on any of the other networks. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, how much we should be eating, and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Dreams every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder like so many of the others. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, all one word, and get 15% off your first order with offer code LEVIN. So the web address is BrickHouseLevin.com, one word. And then when you get in there, you put in the offer code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. You'll get 15% off your first order. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so we shouldn't pretend we are. You know, tomorrow I might. No, you won't. You're like me. Get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Lots of LEVINs here. It's very good. BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N.com. Don't forget, because there's an army of LEVINites out there who haven't pulled the trigger yet. Go to Amazon.com. As soon as I get off the air, Get your dad, your husband, your brother, your son, a copy of Unfreedom of the Press, 40% off. Maybe you're going to Costco or Barnes and Noble. Or maybe you're going to Walmart. Or maybe you're going to Target or BJ's or Sam's or wherever you're going. Get your copy. Unfreedom of the Press, because time's running out. It's almost Father's Day. I'm quite serious about this. Unfreedom of the Press. It's discounted because it's the number one book in the country. It's number one on Amazon, nonfiction. It was number one and is in Barnes & Noble, nonfiction. Now, tomorrow comes the Acosta book. And the media is hoping, hoping it knocks my book off. It might. I don't know. That's going to be up to you. Tim, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Hey, Mark, it's great to get you. I was driving, and uh, I... Tried to get in, and, and my hands off didn't work, and so I had to get to my phone. And I thought, well, I get lost, stop before I can I stop where I'm going before you. Well, I appreciate it. 
And sure enough, I did. Uh, yeah. So I saw a lot of Highland Park in Dallas. It was really fun. But what I called you about was the fact that I can't always absorb what you give out. And yeah. because of that, and because I'm not a very good reader, uh, right. I, I fall asleep when I read, so, yeah. and so is my wife. But anyway, uh, I got in auto books, audible books, mm. and uh, I have loved it. I listen to it in the car. Oh, thank uh, you. And, and I've never hit, had you, heard you hit as salient a point mm-hmm. as you did in that book. I mean, you know, you, you talk with whatever's going on, you know, and it kind of goes around and around. But, but, oh, but that geez. book is so concise, and it just hit the mark. And I, wow. I, I never have gotten into a talk radio show. Uh, yeah. It's always the lines busy. But I tried, and I had what's hands-free. And right. couldn't hear me. So I thought, well, I'll try again. And I'll try again. Hell, I, I can't believe I got in the Well, second. Tim, I, I want to thank you. And I'll tell you what, I'm still going to send you a signed copy of the book. Maybe you can give it to another person. And I want to thank you very, very much. And yes, the book is an audio. It's an e-book. It's in hardcover. And I can tell you in the first two weeks, all those combined, over 215,000. I want you to join us. Join our growing community Unfreedom of the press. We salute all you heroes out there. I cannot thank you enough. I have an idea. Let's meet here again tomorrow. Same place, same time. God bless you.